0: Welcome to Antelope Road Christian Fellowship. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For service times or to join a disciple group, please visit myarcf.com.
1: All right, so uh, we are continuing our series called Facing the Cross, and we are reading in John chapter 14 today. If you don't have a Bible, uh, we have a great volunteer named Glenn who wants to give you a Bible. If you want to raise your hand, uh, Glenn will deliver you a Bible. He's pretty fast too, so he can. Don't don't be afraid that like, oh, he's on the other side of the room. I don't know if he'll be able to get me one at a time. He's got some legs. He'll, he he moves pretty quick. Um, uh, I didn't look up what page it was on that on that Bible, eight ninety six. All right, thank you. This is my wife Rachel. She's helping me out, showing up all of my weaknesses and <laughs> page eight ninety six. John chapter 14. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 14 today. Um, And we're probably going to cry our way through it. So if you're all right with that, I'm all right with that. Um, so, just a little bit of context before before we read. This is um, a, a portion of scripture that's uh, called the Upper Room Discourse, or sometimes called, like, the Farewell Address that Jesus is giving to his disciples. Because, uh, and that's the whole, this whole section, John 13 through 17, um, it's like this Passover meal that Jesus is having with his disciples. And then, in John chapter 18, he's going to be betrayed. And then, he's going to be, um, you know, beaten and tried and, and crucified and, And so this is kind of like Jesus is, this is like the last thing that he's saying. This this whole, this whole address that Jesus is giving to his disciples. So it's important stuff. It is, it is big stuff. He's pretty much saying like, life is going to be different in a little bit here. And I want you to be ready. And the disciples are just like pretty much oblivious. (laughs) We're going to see, they're just like, oh, what do you mean? No, you can't, you can't go away. What are you talking about? Um, but he's trying to prepare them. And, and so us as disciples today, um, it's important for us to read and see what, what is Jesus saying about what life is going to be like when we're full of his spirit and we're sent out on a mission for his glory. Um, so that's where we are. In, in, in the last chapter, at the end of chapter 13, well, Jesus had washed his disciples' feet. And then um, right before this, just before this, Peter, you know, boldly said, like, Jesus, I would die for you. And Jesus said, will you? Before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And that's the last thing that Jesus said just before this. So, So here we go, John chapter 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am, and you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told them, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, So why are you asking me to show show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me and does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done, and even greater works, because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, yes. ask, for, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Yeah. So, um... Uh, a few things. First of all, I'm wearing a t-shirt today, which is pretty rare uh, for, for preaching on Sunday morning. It's kind of taboo, but um, it's, it's our camp t-shirt. We, we just got back from summer camp uh, last week, and our theme was not of this world. That's why there's a flying saucer, and it, it looks like we're arriving from space, because um, we're not citizens of this world. We're citizens of heaven. But our theme was actually John 13 through 17, Every day of the every day of the week, we we talked about a different chapter: John thirteen, John fourteen, John. 13. So, um, and I got to. Preach every day. So, um, I preached on John 14, uh, a couple Tuesdays ago. <laughs> so, so this is very fresh on my mind. But the, the, the awesome thing is I know that God has different stuff that he wants to say today than just then. So I'm not just regurgitating something that I already knew or that I already had prepared. I'm not talking to you like you're just a bunch of teenagers, um, at camp. No, like God, God really has some, um, fresh stuff that, that he wants to say. Um, uh, but one thing that I did talk about there was um, was some worldviews, the, the way that we see the world. And uh, some pretty common ones that I think about when I think about worldviews are like optimism and pessimism, right? Um, how do you see the glass? Is it half full? Is it half empty? Uh, and I lean more optimistic, uh, shocker, right? For those of you who know me, you're like, really? <laughs> Like, literally, we were just, Rachel and I were just talking, like, our car broke down, and she's like, oh, man, like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, and she, before I even said anything, she's like, I know you're going to say that everything's going to be fine, but, like, <laughs> but <laughs> right now, not everything is fine. <laughs> um, so, I lean more, like, optimistic, but I appreciate pessimism. Even though it's like, I think, well, why wouldn't you want to be positive? If there's an opportunity to be positive, then be positive. But pessimism is important, too, because you set good expectations. You set a a low bar, and then great stuff happens. You're like, oh, wow, that turned out better than I thought. Um, And that's that's really good. But like, so there's kind of those two different ways to see the world. And then like, there's realism also. People are like, look, I'm not being pessimistic. I'm just being real about what's going to happen. I'm expecting real stuff to happen. Um, let's not let's not overamp it and let's not undersell it. Let's just be real about it. Um, and then uh, another common way to view the world is skepticism, uh, which which is good. You know, to be a skeptic, to to be always kind of on guard about whether or not something is true, whether it's going to be beneficial. Um, I appreciate skeptics. Because uh, I'm a little bit more on the sucker side, <laughs> where I could buy into something—it's oh, too good to be true—but oh, that sounds pretty good. This is free bag of chips, all right. Um, but I—but uh, skeptics have a way of viewing the world that's just kind of like, uh, is that really? Uh, I don't know. We just—we just heard from uh, uh, Thomas, in verse five. He said, "We don't know the way. How are we supposed to know the way where you're going, Thomas?" Gains a nickname later, Doubting Thomas, because he's like, I will not believe that Jesus is risen from the dead until I put my hands in his wounds because I saw him nailed to that cross. Thomas was a, was a skeptic. He wasn't wrong. He wasn't bad. He was just like, I'm, you gotta show me. Like, I need to know. Um, and I appreciate skeptics. I, I'm, I'm not as skeptical, but, but I appreciate them. But, but here's the thing, different ways to view the world is, is great. Everyone's got a different lens. That's cool. But it doesn't matter how you view the world. There's one thing that matters, and it's the truth, That's that's the one thing. So it doesn't matter how you're looking at. Oh, is the glass empty or half empty or is it half full? It's it's at half. (laughs) Like the truth is, it is right here. It doesn't matter how you're viewing it. What is what is the truth? And Jesus says, "I am the truth." He says, "Um, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." And so, uh, some people, you might be seeking. You might be wondering about what the truth is today. You might be coming today with a certain perspective, and 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 you've got some questions. And that's good. I'm glad. If you're skeptical today about Jesus, then good. I'm glad. Um, But he is the truth. Um, Some people are are out there searching for what the truth is. Um, And what Jesus is saying is, the truth isn't this idea that you're going to find. It's a person. Jesus is saying, I am that truth. If you're out there searching for truth, you will find it. And you'll find it in the person of Jesus, You'll find that he is the answer to the question. (laughs) You'll find that he is the only one who satisfies the longing and the searching of your heart. Um, uh, And Jesus, he he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And um, uh, God gave a revelation to a brother here in the church, um, and that brother shared it with me. Uh, and here I am sharing it with you, that, uh, that on the cross, Jesus conquered Satan's sin, and death. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty common thing that we say, and, and it's kind of pieced together f- through, like, it's, it's obvious. You see it through many different verses in in the New Testament, through Paul's teaching, through the book of Revelation. We talked about, a, or actually, we had a series a, a couple months ago called Victory, and we talked about how Jesus had victory over Satan's sin, and death, along with many other things. Um, uh, but, but it's just interesting that Jesus here is, is almost giving a blueprint of how he conquered over Satan, sin, and death. Or if I, if I reorder them, sin, Satan, and death. Jesus conquered over sin, Satan, and death by being the way, the truth, the life. Um, because sin is, is my, my distance from God, it, it is me running away from God. Um, sin is not the way, Jesus is the way. Satan is the father of lies. Satan is not the truth. Jesus is the truth. And death, well, death is not the life. <laughs> and Jesus is the life. But I'm not just talking about, like, death, like, oh, I'm dying. No, like, there's a spiritual death that we, that we have. That uh, even though I'm alive, we sang a song today. I was breathing but not alive. Like, Jesus called my name. I ran out of that grave. Right, so th- there's this spiritual death that I, a lot, talks about a lot in the Bible. How, how, uh, how we were we were re- we were we were dead in our sins, dead in our trespasses. Um, and Jesus, Jesus rose us from that grave. He brought us back to life. Um, so yes, there's the physical aspect of Jesus dying and rising from the grave, and we we long for that resurrection. We hope in that resurrection also. But that resurrection happens today. That, that I was, I had this spiritual deadness inside of me, and Jesus turned that around, and, and he brought me back to life. He brought me back to life. So Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Um, and, and to think about him being uh, the, the way, there is this distance that I feel from God, and, and uh, I feel like it's nearly every time that I that I get up here to preach, I end up talking about sin and and how Jesus wants to reconcile us to the Father. That he wants to bring us near. Um, and there is this really cool situation that happened at camp where... Um, occasionally we would ask for volunteers to come up on the stage or whatever for, for different things. And this one girl was like, ooh, I'll volunteer for anything. I will volunteer. But she didn't, she didn't say it during the service. She came up like after, like d- just during the day. She was like, hey, by the way, like I would volunteer for anything, whatever. Um, and then later uh, later on a different day, um, just before I was going to preach on John 14, uh, I found a crushed up soda can on the ground that had her name on it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh, like, so I brought it up and, and I talked to her youth pastor before. So I was like, is she gonna be embarrassed by this? Like, is this wrong? But she's like, no, no, it's fine. She'll be great. Um, but so then I called her up on stage to say, is this your, your crushed up can? <laughs> and uh, you know, because she had this, this heart that was like, yeah, like camp is awesome. I'm having so much fun. I would volunteer for anything. And it's like, OK, you love camp so much. Why are you leaving your trash everywhere? <laughs> like, If your desire is, is to like really enjoy everything, why are you making this place look like a mess? Um, and so I use this, this analogy of, of if you had this desire. We had our camp up at Diamond Arrow. That's, that was the name of the campground. If you, if you have a desire to, be, to, to just like really appreciate and honor and love Diamond Arrow, um, and you, you, you know, say, yeah, I'll do anything. I would do anything. Um, and yet, here you are just littering trash everywhere. Like, there's a disconnect. There's this heart that I want to be close. But then through my actions, I create this distance. I create this gap that's just like, well, do you? You say that you do. But do you really want to be close? Do you re- would you really do anything? I, I know that your-, your mouth says I'll do anything, but your feet. Your hands are showing me something a little bit different. And that's, that's like what sin is, that my, my heart is for the Father, but yet sometimes I don't do what I want to do. And, and I, I use the example of me and my dad because I, you know, I, I was fortunate to have a, a loving father who, who actually wanted me to be around him um, and just like being able to sit on the couch with him and just be able to be with him. Um, but if I came home and i and I hadn't mowed the lawn and I just tried to sit down next to him, there was like this awkwardness and, and I, I wanted to be close, and we were physically like I was sitting right next to him on the couch, but there still was this like distance that just said nah, you, you say that you love me, but you don't show it." Um, and I uh, Jesus is saying he is the way. And so it's like, it's like I came home and and I want to be able to sit down with my dad and just enjoy time with him. Um, But I didn't mow the lawn. And so he says like, "Uh, you should have mowed the lawn. And I'm like, oh no. And then there's this gap between us. But then he says, no, it's okay. Your brother did it for you. And, and, that's like that's great for me but like do I feel like I deserved that? Do I feel like I earned that? You know, if my if my dad was going to say it's a, you and I are okay because your brother mowed the lawn. You and I are okay because the sin that's between us has actually been taken care of by someone else. That's what Jesus did for us. He didn't mow the lawn. He died to pay the price for our sins that there was this gap between us and God, and God said, your brother has taken care of it. That our brother suffered on the cross in our place, and he made a way for us to be close. And that just, I don't know about you, but that just feels wrong to me, that I'm, I'm supposed to work to make this happen. I'm supposed to work to be okay with, with my dad, to make this relationship good. And it says, you can't. You weren't there. And while you weren't there, it was taken care of for you. It was taken care of for you. Um, I was not looking for the way. Like Thomas said, we don't know the way. <laughs> but, and Jesus says, I am the way. But I wasn't even looking for the way when he came and found me. Romans 5 said that like, while we were sinners, while we were running away from God, that 's when Christ died for us, when I was as distant from him as I could possibly be that 's when he died for me. Uh, Romans five also says sometimes someone might lay down their life for a good person, <laughs> like you know a bodyguard might jump in front of the president if you know to take a bullet for him. Um, you might not think the president 's a good person, but that 's okay, <laughs> but sometimes there might be someone that you might be willing to take a bullet for. But Jesus showed us His great love for us that when we were sinners, Christ died for us. It would be like, uh, instead of a bodyguard jumping in front of an important political figure, it would be like a prison guard jumping in front of like a pedophile, murderer, rapist. You know, everyone's like, no, they deserve it. Why would why would you take a bullet for that person? No, like, nearly the entire world agrees that this person should be dead because of what they have done. Why would you take a bullet for them? Christ showed us, God showed us his love for for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. While we were the scummiest of all scum, while we were the worst of the worst, Christ died for us. So if I'm looking for a way to get to the Father, like, I, I, I'm I'm hopeless. I I'm, I don't have a, an option. But Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me." And He says, "Like, look, me and the Father we're one. We are one. So if you're looking for the Father and you're not okay with me, then uh, I don't. You're, you're sunk. Like, we are one. So yeah, of course, there's no way to the Father except through me. Like, we're, you're coming to the same person. It doesn't doesn't matter." Um, but there, there's something uh, interesting. I don't know if you guys know anything about Scientology. They're kinda, they, they've are kind they got some interesting beliefs. Uh, I once was at a Greyhound station, and I had about an hour to kill, and I was playing a game of cribbage with this guy who happened to be a Scientologist. And I was just like, I don't really know anything about Scientology. Would you tell me? And uh, and for most of the hour, he was like telling... And I was interested. It was cool um, hearing him talk about L. Ron Hubbard. Is that the guy's name? Um, but he was sharing with me these, I think they're called the eight steps of, of something or other. Um, but these eight steps are kind of you becoming at peace. Uh, the first step is to become at peace with yourself. The second step is to become at peace within your family. And then within your community. And then within all of humanity. And then with all of living creation. And then with all of the material world, and then with all of the spiritual world, and then eventually, after you have made all of these steps, then the eighth step, you can be at peace with God. Or they would say, uh, uh, spiritual, supreme being, something like that. Um, that you can, like, there, you can actually achieve peace with God if you follow these steps, become at peace with yourself, you know, like reconcile all these things. Um, and I told him, I was like, you know, what's crazy is that I'm trying to do a lot of that same stuff. I am trying to be at peace within myself, but the only difference is that it's not these steps that I'm taking towards God. He took the steps towards me. Like, he came, he descended from a heavenly throne to come down to this dirty, dirty earth that he created. He, he, he chose infancy and adolescence and, you know, and adulthood. He, he chose all of that, and he laid down his life for me While I was a sinner. He is the way. He's the only way. That is it. That is all. And there's just one more thing I want to talk about. um, Which is in verse 12 through 14. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to the father. Do you believe that? Cuz I'll tell you in in our like current day Christianity I don't think many people believe this. Cuz you think about like the works that Jesus did you're, you you think that I'm going to do that same kind of stuff? No, not that same kind of stuff. Greater stuff than that. That's what Jesus says. That whoever believes in me will do the same stuff and even greater stuff. Man, Jesus was about reconciling people through to his Father through any means necessary, through laying down his life. Are you ready to do whatever, to lay down your life, to, to be willing to be—are you willing to be used by God, by his Holy Spirit to accomplish— Great things so that people can be reconciled to God. Do you think that's true? Do you believe that? Because Jesus says that about you. He's, he's, he's talking about his disciples, but then later in John 17, he's like, I'm not just praying for these right here. I'm also praying for any of those who are going to believe in me because of them. And that's, that's us. Like, he prays for us. He knows us. And he says, you can ask anything in my name and I will do this. I will do it so that the Son can be, bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, uh, there's a popular verse, Philippians 4.13. that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Um, and misunderstood that verse is like, man, I can do whatever I want because I got Jesus. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's really, that's a I I would love that. It's, it's a great thing. Um, and the, the verse is really powerful, but because it gets misunderstood so often, it gets a bad rap, and people are like, oh, it's just a, you know, that's a nice bumper sticker. <laughs> you know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Um, but in Philippians 4, Paul is, is receiving a gift from the Philippians and he's super grateful for it. He's like overwhelmed with gratitude. They're like, wow, the fact that you even thought about me, the fact that you even remembered me anymore, that's incredible. Thank you so much for giving me this generous gift. It was probably like money and food and supplies. I don't know. Paul wrote a lot. It might have been parchment and ink. I don't know. They gave him a gift. They gave him this awesome gift um, so that he could continue the work of the ministry, so more people would be able to hear about Jesus in places where his name had not been spoken yet. Um, they believed in the cause. They, they knew that God was calling Paul. They wanted to help send him. Um, and Paul says, thank you. And he also says, I actually didn't need your gift. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it, but I did not need it because i have learned the secret of being content i have learned that if i have a lot that's awesome if i have nothing everything's okay that's you know me and my optimism that's kind of where. but but here's paul saying that it doesn't matter if i got a ton or a little because this is the secret of being content that i can do all things through christ who strengthens me i can do all things And here Jesus is saying that if you ask for anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask for anything in my name, he's saying anything in his name. If your goal is God's glory, if your goal is that the whole world would understand how beautiful and how amazing God is, Jesus says, ask for anything. Ask for anything in the name of Jesus And he says, I will do that. Now, like I said earlier, if you don't, like, do you believe that you're going to do the same works that Jesus did? Do you believe that you're going to do even greater works than Jesus did? Because I'm not a heretic up here, like, trying to, you know, create some false spiritual revival. I am telling you what Jesus said. I'm telling you, the words that he spoke about his disciples, the words that he speaks about you, is that he wants to empower you by his spirit to accomplish the same works that he did and even greater works. And if you ask him, he will do it. If you ask him, he will do it. So let's ask him. I want to pray with you, and I want to ask for him to do incredible things. Not for some big show that people will applaud and and people will think that we're great, but so people will know that he is great. Not that that the church would, you know, become this big mainstream thing and, you know, we'd get lots of views on YouTube or whatever. No, not for that, but so that, like, God would—not that we're going to get followers, but that Jesus is going to get followers, Okay. Yeah, that, that's, that's our purpose, is that people would be, would be able to experience the same kind of peace with God that we have experienced. That people would experience the love and the forgiveness that we have experienced. God wants to use us for that purpose. So, so pray with me. Lord God, I thank you for your grace, your mercy towards us, Lord, that you love us, so much, Lord. I also thank you that our lives are not about us, God. I thank you that, like, it's so amazing that you single us out, and you, you say, I died for you, um, but you also show us that, that we weren't just created for ourselves to enjoy our life, but God, we were created for you. We are created to enjoy our life to glorify you, Lord, that the purpose of our life is you, not us, God, I pray that you would give us that heart, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would use us by your Spirit to accomplish the works that you did. Lord, that you would use us by your Holy Spirit to accomplish even greater works than you did. Lord, that blows my mind. I can't quite comprehend that. But you said it. You said it, and and we, we trust you, Lord. So God, I pray that you would empower us, Lord. I know that you're going to use each one of us here differently, but I pray that you would use some of these who are here uh, to be witnesses to people on the street, Lord, that you would give them that, that courage to step out in faith and to speak to the one who seems outcast, Lord. Speak to the person who seems like no one cares for them, Lord. You would give them that, that spirit, that motivation, god I, I pray for that you that you would use some of us in in our workplaces uh, to just reach out to a coworker and show kindness and to show this kind of steady um, camaraderie, this kind of steady look i 'm there for you, um, Lord I, I pray that you would use some of us for that for that Lord. I pray that you would use some of us to pray for people who are sick and that they would be healed God, I pray that you would use some of us just like you prayed for the people who are blind to be healed God. Would you empower us by your spirit, Lord? Because we're not capable. I can't heal a blind person, but God, you have the power to do whatever you want, God. So I pray that you would use some of us for these incredible purposes, Lord. I pray that you would strengthen us, Lord, that we would not be afraid, um, afraid of people's opinions of us, God, afraid of of our own little doubts and suspicions. No, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that the enemy would not be welcome in our minds, Lord, that his lies and the doubts that he plants, they, they would just be eradicated in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. But I pray that you would help us to step out in faith, help us to be bold, um, not for our own appearances, Lord, but for your glory. Lord, help, help us to have the spirit of John the Baptist who says, I must decrease and you must increase, Lord. You must increase, Lord. Give us not confidence in our own bodies or in our own strength, but, Lord, confidence in Christ and and his victory on the cross and his victory in his resurrection, Lord. So give us confidence in you and your Holy Spirit, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, for who you are. I thank you that you love us so much, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, We have... uh, an announcement video we're going to show and then i'll uh, come back up to dismiss us in prayer
0: Boo! Ah, oh, 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 scared myself well good morning arcf family now i know what you're thinking jeremy why in the world are you holding a pumpkin it's july it's 110 outside and we are nowhere near fall so what are you going to be talking about christmas too <laughs> No, we're not going to talk about Chris. Oh, wait, hold on. Hello? Is there still time to cancel the inflatable Santa and the reindeer? So like I said, we were never going to talk about Christmas, but we are going to talk about this. Now, in case you're unaware, every year we host a Halloween alternative right here at ARCF, and it is one of the most attended community events that we have. This whole entire campus is filled with carnival games, candy, and community it's a great opportunity to tell everyone hey we're here we love you and we want you to come join us and we have candy so now you must be asking hey jeremy how can i help out an event like this well we have an opportunity for you we're gonna have our very first planning meeting on sunday august 8th right after the service in the office. oh and this year we're calling it pumpkin blast so that means we get to blow up pumpkins right No? That's no fun. Okay, so we can't blow up any pumpkins, but we do hope that you will put your pumpkin blasts on your calendars and join us on Sunday, August 8th for the first meeting. So just as you heard last week from Pastor Greg, we are down to the top three names for renaming our church. And they were so close together that we have to have a runoff vote. And just like last time, if your email is in our database, then you will receive an email ballot. You'll see those emails starting this Tuesday, So make sure you get your vote in and if you don't have email we're going to be doing in-person voting next sunday august 1st right after the service now that's only if you don't get the email you can't vote twice okay got your listening ears on again voting is going to end at 10:45 a.m. next sunday for all voting methods now if you need an in-person absentee ballot because you're not going to be here next week or you don't have an email then you need to contact the church office this week between tuesday and thursday so that way you can get your vote in did you catch all that good all right church family that is all that i've got for you this morning as always please make sure you grab yourself a bulletin read it left to right front to back for more events and more information
1: So Lord, we thank you for today and we just pray that you would send us in your in your power, Lord, to be ministers of your good news, ministers of your gospel, Lord. So thank you for today. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for being with us.